Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 203, and we're planning an adventure. We're talking about the Mongo Rally with Planet D. This week we have uh, been up to all sorts of things, and because of that, this podcast is coming out a few days late. Just a few um, days late. It feels ludicrous. I mean, we're recording it on Wednesday. So. Yes, <laughs> which is ironic considering we had all of the interviews that we're doing today lined up well in advance. It's just been stitching it all together. I mean, we've been, well, we had a really busy week last week, um, and then we were down in Papamoa for the weekend, seeing our friends Ange and Dave down there for the last time before we leave. And we also caught up with my sister and her husband and baby which is great because they live over in Australia, as you know, so it was great to get to see them here in New Zealand and have a glass of champagne on the beach. Yeah, it was very nice. We relived our days in champagne uh, with a bottle of Nicola Fayette. It was brilliant. And, uh, yeah, then this week has been busy as well with um, our work and our preparations to head off to Buenos Aires, and uh, I've been at a conference for the last couple of days as well. Yeah, so it's just been go, go, go. So we've finally managed to find a spare minute, but, um, yeah, sorry about that. I think we're going to record this and fall asleep by the looks on both <laughs> of our faces. But don't forget, you can help the Indie Travel Podcast stay traveling by booking through us. So please visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash flights, slash hostels, slash insurance, and slash tours when you're booking online. We have a growing list of day tours at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash tours and travel deals updating daily at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash deals. Well, today we're speaking with Tom Morgan from The Adventurists about the Mongol Rally, then Dave Boskill and Deb Corbeil about their preparations for the adventure. As you can imagine, not everything has been going smoothly. Uh, that's pretty much what you'd expect when you need visas for, what is it, 12 countries? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Quite a few anyway. And you also need to buy and insure a car in a country you've never visited. Fun. Yeah, problematic, but... Uh... Fun, fun, stressful, I don't know. <laughs> well, well, without further ado, the co-founder of The Adventurist, Tom Morgan. Today I'm speaking with Tom Morgan, who's one of the co-founders of The Adventurists. Tom, welcome to the Indie Travel Podcast. Thanks, Craig. It's nice to speak to you. So you're one of the co-founders of The Adventurists, a company which organises unassisted adventures like the Mongol Rally. Um, how did this all begin? Um, well, I was uh, living in the Czech Republic, uh, studying fine art, and myself and a friend of mine, obviously being art students, had more time than um, well anything else, um, and we were mostly drunk, so we bought a really crap car, and we found the most stupid place we could think of driving to, which was Mongolia, and then set off and failed miserably to get there. Then, I guess a couple of years later, I set up a website. Um, used the Royal We quite a lot, pretended it was more organised than it was, and it's grown quite exponentially <laughs> from there. First was uh, six teams came along, um, and then it, it's kind of gone mental since then. Yeah, it's getting bigger and bigger, isn't it? How many people have you got on board this year? On the Mongol Rally this year, there's about uh, 1,200, I think, last count. Gosh. And... Which is um, <laughs> a lot. Yeah, that's a that's a big growth from a uh, a couple of students with too much Budweiser. <laughs> yeah. So um, so what's the um, I guess the the idea behind it now? Because obviously, grown to be something that's that's a lot more than just getting from A to B. Um. Yeah, I guess. Uh, the, the whole idea of the adventure is I've always thought that when you go away traveling and 
or you're, or, or you're seeing parts of the world, you kind of look back and all the times where you were right in the shit and everything had gone wrong are the ones where those are the kind of the best memories. And I think the whole point of what we try and do is organise adventures that aren't really scripted or, you know, you, you don't really plan for them or preferably you don't do any planning for them and you just get out and you get stuck and see what happens. It's a much more interesting way of seeing the world and hopefully our adventures are a, a kind of framework for that to, to um, ensue. <laughs> yeah, very good, very good. Well, can you tell us a little bit about the other adventures that you organise each year? Yeah, sure. We do. Um, we do quite a few now, and we're launching new ones all the time from our secret uh, underground bunker. We do um, the world's longest horse race, and we just got a Guinness World Record for that a couple of days ago, um, which is across the Mongolian steppe. You do a thousand kilometres by horse, and you change horse every forty kilometres. So you get your horse basically doesn't get tired at all, but you do. And it's based on Genghis Khan's ancient postal system, where he used to be able to get a message from his capital, which was then Harahori all the way to so apparently to Poland in about 12 days which is slightly faster than the post is today and then we do the rickshaw run which is a, the kind of uh, crap little three-wheel um, death traps that we race across India well race is a strong word because we don't really technically race uh, and then we go in we do kind of 5,000 kilometers across across India each time then we do the motor taxi junket which is on these things called motor taxis that are even more crap than a rickshaw but still have three wheels and um, they get a little kind of uh, rubbish motor tax uh, motorbike from china and they cut it in half and then they weld an extremely uncomfortable sofa on the back and we take them over the andes um, and uh, usual complete chaos ensues with that one um, and we just launched a new one across southeast asia again in rickshaws we were kind of doing a, a big kind of expanding the rickshaw run because it's been so popular and we uh, have launched another one on motorbike, anti-Soviet motorbike and sidecars, which um, go up the frozen rivers of Siberia at minus um, an uncomfortable amount in in midwinter. Uh, I think that's it for now. Gosh, any more to come? I think minus minus anything in the Siberian winter is uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, minus it kind of it fluctuates. We're kind of trying to time it so it's not minus 70 but it's it's between sort of minus 50 and minus 20 so it's it's bloody cold (laughs) absolutely now it's become quite an empire then with all this going on um and it's obviously been growing and growing and growing um you're getting good good buy-in and good kind of connection with from people yeah i think so we get a lot of people come back for more um we certainly love it and that's i guess so if we stop liking what we're doing, then then it's not worth it. I don't really care if anyone else comes along, because I'm <laughs> having fun. <laughs> Absolutely, that's all good. Well, can you tell us a little bit about the, the Mongol rally then? I guess that's that's the focus, considering it starts in, in just, uh, what, a, a week? Next a, weekend, next, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can. Um, uh, it's, well, uh, what do you want to know? I think it's, um, it's about a 10, well, it depends which way you go. We have sort of 500 teams set forth from, from the UK and the Czech Republic. And then an unknown number arrive in Mongolia an unknown number of weeks later. Normally the fastest team get there in about, uh, two weeks, two and a half weeks, which is, uh, unreasonably fast and the slowest team well I think the slowest ever team has been about six months but most people do it in um, about five weeks um, and there's no set route so some people go down south through Iran Afghanistan others go right up north through Siberia 
or others go through the middle, through Central Asia and through um, Kazakhstan and, and some, yeah, most of the world. Yeah, it's certainly a, certainly a, a giant loop. That's cool. <laughs> and um, I know in this year's Mongol Rally, you're, uh, you're raising money for the Christina Noble Foundation and, uh, and their work with uh, street kids there. Is there a charity yeah. aspect tied into each of your adventures? Yeah, there is. Everything we do raises money for charity. So we have a kind of model where the people coming along uh, pay for their own adventure and then up front, and then that covers the cost of putting it on and things like that. Uh, and then they raise money, uh, a minimum of about a £1,000, um, which goes directly to the charities, which means hopefully that people who are fundraising or donating money know that none of it's going to someone's adventure. It's all going straight to the charities. And then we pick charities that work um, that we've met and had a look at and think are cool that work in the countries that are essentially hosting our our mischief. Um, and uh, it works really well. I and mean, we've been able to raise quite a lot of money so far. I think we're just over three million, three million pounds since we started. So it's, um, it's been very successful. Well, that's great. It's kind of, um, as we've been saying to some of our listeners, it's kind of fund an adventure and save some lives. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Very cool. Well, Tom Morgan, thanks very much for coming on the Indie Travel Podcast today and uh, and sharing this, your story with us. Pleasure, Craig. Pleasure. Oh, thanks, Tom, for coming on the show. Many adventurers have a whole team dedicated to this kind of preparation and, and strategy for, for this kind of thing, but not the social media syndicate um, and not when they're taking on the Mongol rally. So we'll let Dave and Deb tell you more about it. Well, today I'm talking with Dave and Deb from theplanetd.com. Dave, Deb, welcome on the Indie Travel Podcast. Thanks for having us, Thanks Brett. so much. This is exciting for us. So I've managed to catch you in your home city of Toronto, Canada, but you're not there very often, are you? Do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, what you guys are up to and, and what you do with your lives? Yeah, we run a, re- a website called theplanetd.com and we're full-time travel bloggers and photographers. And uh, we're basically completely location independent, if you want to use that word, <laughs> instead of homeless. A nice <laughs> euphemism. <laughs> yeah, a, a, a travel blogger who's location independent does sound a lot better than unemployed and homeless. It exactly. certainly does. <laughs> so we've been home now for almost two months, but we're leaving in two days for England to start the Mongol rally. Cool, and yeah. it's a Mongol rally that uh, we are here to talk about today, talk about your prep for it and, um, and how to plan a, such a massive adventure as this. Uh, but there'll be some people listening that haven't heard of the Mongol rally. Can you give us a, a potted summary of the crazy stuff you're about to get up to? So the Mongol rally, really what it is, it's an unsupported road rally from London, England to Mongolia. And you can go through any route you want. There's no real set route. Uh, there are a few rules, like you have to drive an ill-suited car. So you can't be doing it in a Range Rover or Land Rover or anything like that. You have to do it in something that's a 1.2 liters or less. So that's the big challenge right there. Uh, and getting across these countries, I know that... Uh, getting across Europe might not be too difficult, but I know once we get into Mongolia, uh, the roads get really bad. And I think only 50% of the people who actually start the rally finish it. So we want to be one of those 50%. Yes, we do. It's our goal. <laughs> I bet. We just, in style. We just want to finish. <laughs> and uh, this 1.2 liter car isn't just taking the, the two of you and your gear, is it? No, there's going to be four of us. We're traveling with Sherry Ott of Ott's World and Rick Griffin of Midlife Road Trip, two other fantastic 
travel bloggers. Um, and we are actually taking a car that's a little bit larger than 1.2 liters. We have paid a penalty to donate 300 more pounds to charity. And we're driving a 1.5 liter car that uh, actually a New Zealand person has sponsored for us, Always Rental. Uh, they uh, got our car for us and they're based out of Christchurch. So it was great to meet them when we were in New Zealand and they were very excited about the Mongol rally and they said, we want to sponsor you for this crazy adventure. <laughs> That's very cool, very cool. Nice to see Kiwis funding an adventure from London with Canadians and Americans. Yeah, <laughs> international team is, for sure. <laughs> and it's awesome. great to know we have people that you know because we, uh, we used one of their vans when we were in Christchurch and had a great time traveling around your fantastic country, one yeah. of the best in the world, I have to say. Oh, thank you, thank <laughs> you. for New Zealand there. <laughs> Well, um, so how long do you reckon this is going to take you? Because from London to, you're going to Ulaanbaatar, right? The capital of yes. Mongolia. That's one heck of a way. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's about um, uh, 15,000 kilometers that we're going to be doing. We're going to probably cover it in anywhere from six to eight weeks. Uh, six weeks is obviously our optimal time with nothing going wrong, which will never happen. Yeah. Something will go wrong. It's, it's guaranteed on the Mongol rally. And uh, yeah. Yeah, 15 countries in six to eight weeks' time. So we're hoping to be in Ulaanbaatar by the end of August. Well, end of August. Yeah. Yes. We have to enter Mongolia because our visa expires. We have to enter by September 1st. Correct. So we're hoping we at least get into Mongolia by then. <laughs> <laughs> right. It doesn't matter if it takes you another month to get the rest of the way then. Exactly. exactly. And I think that's where the park gets really difficult there because what have we heard? They have 65. Well, they have, they have 600,000 square miles is the size of Mongolia and they have like 950 kilometers of paved tarmac. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound like the right ratio to me. No, no. definitely not. <laughs> now, when I was speaking with Rick, um, well, I don't know, six weeks ago or something like that, um, he was saying that he had watched Ewan McGregor's documentary The Long Way Around, but he made the mistake of watching it with his wife. Uh, have you guys <laughs> seen that documentary? We have yeah, seen yeah. the long way round and uh, and, and the long, long way, way down. down. <laughs> years ago, we cycled Africa, and we actually cycled the same trip that they did on the long way down. We did it on bicycles, so we figured after cycling their trip, no problem in a car. Yeah. Except we have no skills in mechanics, so we might still be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, well, that seems to be one of the the big tricks, doesn't it? Because you're in a you're in an older vehicle which has a low engine rating, and that's so you can leave it. It can be imported into Mongolia, and you can donate it to a charity there at the end of the uh, end of the rally. Um, but the you know, how are you going to find mechanics to, to fix up stuff? You're going to be putting this car through a lot of, uh, of difficult terrain. Well, we're going to be putting our MacGyver skills to the best, uh, to, to definitely trying those out with uh, bubble gum and duct tape. We hear uh, you can't get anywhere without that. And also I've heard that in any of these countries, you can basically find someone to fix this car anywhere. So, you know, we're counting on that. And a wing and a prayer always helps. Yeah, the best thing about an older car is that it is easier to fix and it's a pretty basic car. So that's one of the reasons that Adventures for Development, the charity that is accepting the car when we hand it in, that's the reason that that they wanted a car like this because they want something easy to maintain for the people of Mongolia. So we just figure if we bring some cash with us and maybe some vodka and maybe... Booze and cigarettes, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's Dave's running joke. Kicking it old school. That's, that's 
for anything. <laughs> Excellent. Well, um, I'm sure it's going to be a real blast, but um, there's so much paperwork and planning to do before you even get out of Canada. Um, can you run us through from when you started, well, when, when the idea became started becoming a plan, how did you kind of plan for a, a two to three month road trip? I have to say, we met Sherry uh, last year in, in New York, and when we said, yeah, let's do the Mongo Rally, we really didn't know what we were getting ourselves <laughs> into. Um, we've all traveled a lot, but planning something like this is huge because we wanted to get sponsorship involved. Being the social media syndicate, we wanted to prove to everyone that we can stay connected and tweet our way across the world and give daily updates. So one of our first things we wanted to do was get ways of being connected. So that's where we've got great sponsors on board, like one SIM card card and track solo 24 and things like that that are keeping us connected to everybody but we had to right away we're all traveling full-time and we had to start sending out sponsorship packages from china from new, new zealand we were at the yeah, time, yeah thailand so that was really tough and we were all meeting once a week to start planning out our plan of attack, who was going to contact what sponsors, and we all had it in our minds that ah, we'll get them, no problem, you know. It was a lot tougher to get sponsors than we thought. Uh, you really have to put a lot of effort into it and show them that you have something that can actually give them, make it worthwhile for them. So we learned a lot that way. It's paid basically, off for us. Yeah, yeah the, basically the biggest thing was trying to get some sponsors so that we can get the word out about this. And then... Uh, Communication was a, a, was a very big thing as well. Like when you look at most of the teams that do the Mongol Rally, uh, they're either uh, friends who know each other, live in the same city, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, they can discuss it in person where we haven't had that chance at all. So since we decided a year ago to do this, uh, we have not met face-to-face with Rick or Sherry yeah. Uh, since we decided to do this. The first time we'll see them is actually when we head to England uh, uh, th- uh, later on this week. And Sherry and Rick have never met in person at all before, so this is going to be a fun dynamic. Sorry, I interrupted. Yeah, Go no, on, no, no, th- no th- definitely. It will be a fun <laughs> dynamic about you know having four people in the car that don't really know each other. Well, two, Dev and I yeah. do, but the other ones, they don't really know each other, so it's also kind of a, an, an exercise in psychology as well. But yeah, it, it has been different, over, or sorry, it has been difficult over the past year. Uh, just keeping in contact, Skype has been our best friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, route planning has been difficult because you can't really sit down with a physical map. So uh, Rick and I basically Rick and I kind of took on the route ourselves and planned it over over Google, Skype Google and Google Maps. Maps and trying to figure out what route we're going to take. So again, we'll go over it and finalize it all one week before we actually head out. Yeah, we've never had to plan so far in advance because we had to get five visas in advance. Uh, so we sent our stuff up, our stuff out to the visa machine, and uh, we just got our visa back today. Woohoo! Oh, Finally, wow. we well have the passport. We leave in two days, and we have just got our passports in hand. So that's different for us. We've never had to really plan. We'll just kind of go from country to country, get visas as we need them. So that was tough, just planning dates that we were going to arrive. Yeah, the whole planning aspect of it has been very different, at least for us, in that uh, usually for us we travel quite slow going through countries and and stay in countries for you know a month or more at a time. So to actually plan our visas to a point where we have to have a little bit of overlap if we don't make it because of mechanical breakdowns or something like that has been a real challenge. So how was that for a long-winded answer? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's excellent. I mean, Linda and I are exactly the same. Um, we've only 
sent away stuff for visas a few times and quite often we've ended up not using those very expensive visas that we sent away for just because <laughs> right. we, we don't really plan in advance either. We we show up and, and go from there. So it's quite yeah, fascinating it's actually, to me seeing the dynamic of, you know, of planning and, out a couple of months. And also I think planning from a distance, like planning from over here in North America or not being in the UK has posed a lot of challenges that we never even knew existed, like trying to get car insurance over there when you're not actually a resident of the UK. It's yeah. quite difficult. There's maybe two insurance companies, HIC is what who we went with, who actually would insure us over there, yeah. uh, as well as the whole paperwork, I won't say nightmare, but uh, <laughs> complications that take place uh, over there about getting a car. It's much different than here in North America. Um, you need to have a V5 and it needs to be mailed back to you. So the timing is very, very important because you, without this V5, we will not be able to get into Russia or any of the stands, let alone into Mongolia. Yeah. So, And at, at this moment, we still don't have the V5 in hand. So we're hoping that it's just sitting at the DVLA there. That's their license bureau in England. And we hope that it's there and not just lost somewhere in the mail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's the complications you face when you're buying a car from someone you don't know in a country you've never been to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we definitely posed a lot of headaches for poor always having to deal mm-hmm. with us and England. <laughs> and they've done a fantastic job. They have. Dealing with all these different time changes is amazing. That's unbelievable. But the great thing about this is that we're going to keep everyone connected, like we said, every step of the way. We have a lot of people helping us out. The girls from SMAC, Social Media Atlantic Canada, are going to be taking care of our tweeting and social media for us when we can't get to it. So you're just going to hear about all of our problems and troubles as we go. And that's the most (laughs) fun about an adventure. You hate to admit it, but you don't want everything to go smooth because it's more fun for your readers to see these sort of things that are going on. Awesome. So uh, you'll get every step of the way. We're going to send out little tweets going, hey, we're stuck at the border and just yeah. had to pay 300 bucks to, to bribe our women. <laughs> so With I our know, last paperwork, I think we're going to have to do a lot of bribing. I think so. <laughs> yeah. So you're flying out to the UK in a couple of days, and I know Sherry's in Europe at the moment and heading that way as well. Um, when are you all meeting, and then when are you leaving? Well, Sherry and I will be, or sorry, us, we'll, we'll, we'll be there before Rick. Rick is showing up on the 19th. So the 19th will be when everybody is actually meeting at our, uh, we actually have an apartment there in London, which is sponsored by O London, which is great. They gave us some accommodation there before we actually leave uh, in the Festival of Slow, they call it, from, uh, from Goodwood Stadium in the UK on the 23rd of July is when we head out. Yeah, so we'll see Sherry in three days' time, and we'll see Rick next Monday. So we'll definitely have to go out and have a pint and cheer our good year of planning. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> a pint or two. <laughs> you better hope that, uh, that Rick and Sherry actually get along when they meet for the first time. It's- well, you know what? We have our own tent, so uh, <laughs> they can be duking it out in the other one. <laughs> Smooth. Yeah, this isn't some kind of big brother thing where every couple of weeks you vote someone out of the vehicle, is it? That that could be actually a good little angle if we all start getting on each other's nerves. It just might end up being that way without even being an angle on it. <laughs> we'll call it left behind. Yeah. <laughs> Drive away. Deb's at the border waving. <laughs> Send your own way home. Oh, that's Very a whole other cool. Thing. 
<laughs> You've just given us an idea for the next adventure. Yeah, exactly. Get a bunch of bloggers together and start leaving people behind. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you better take their SIM card off them first so they don't badmouth you too badly. Exactly. <laughs> Leave them with no communication at all. <laughs> Smooth. Well, talking about communication, um, how can uh, people follow you as you're traveling around and doing the Mongol Rally? Well, we've started for all three of our blogs, we started a website called the socialmediasyndicate.com. And that's where you'll be able to read all about Sherry's experience, our experience, and Rick experiences, as well as our own websites, The Planet D, Midlife Road Trip, and Ots World. But you can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And we're just everywhere we go, we're The Planet D, The Planet D, The Planet D. <laughs> so you can follow us on those things. And we're hoping to start a hashtag. You can definitely see the Mongol rally hashtag on Twitter to see what's up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we're going to discuss with Sherry and Rick a hashtag about following our team together so that we can start uh, getting people paying attention to all three of us. Because it, uh, it is tough with three different websites. Sherry is Ots World and Ots World, so that's good. Yeah. And Rick is Rick Griffin and Midlife Road Trip on yeah. Twitter. So we've got, a, we've got the angles covered on a whole bunch of people. You can also follow us um, on Track 24. And they're going to be following us, giving uh, real-time updates every day of basically where we are. So you'll be able to see on their Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, our satellite images. Our satellite there. images of exactly where we are at any given time. So if you see us stuck in one place for quite a long time, well, you know we're in trouble. Right. <laughs> Call the, the cops. Back, they're uh, they're part of our our emergency system, so they'll be first to know, so they can put out the tweets if we're ever in trouble. Exactly. <laughs> Don't know what anyone can do, but they can start saying they're in trouble. <laughs> Excellent. And I know you guys have been doing some uh, some fundraising both for the Christina Noble Foundation and for your own petrol money. Um, yes. Has that been going well? And is there any way that we can continue to uh, to help out? Yeah, it's been going very well so far for Christina Noble Foundation. That's uh, a project that supports homeless and abandoned children in Mongolia, which I just think is an incredible cause to give children a chance for the future. I think that's a great thing to give to. We've raised forty five hundred dollars so far for them, and you can donate on our website the social media syndicate syndicate.com. If you go there and just look for donate now, you can get directly to the donation page. And uh, also Intrepid Travel helped us uh, raise some money for the petrol charges. What we love about that as well, though, is that they're donating our carbon offsets. So we're going to have a very minimal global impact or carbon yeah, footprint carbon impact. Footprint, yeah. yeah. Um, and we raised a, a fair chunk of money Almost two or two thousand twenty two hundred dollars from nice readers that entering a raffle, just giving five bucks towards our car to get our car from London to Mongolia. Because without them, we might not make it. So that'll get us part right there, so people can keep on donating, so that we do have <laughs> enough gas to actually make it to Mongolia. Yeah, and all of that is at the socialmediasyndicate.com. They can find out where to where to give. But we're hoping we're hoping to raise at least six thousand dollars for the Christina Noble Foundation. And I think once we get started, it will even pick up even more so yeah. i think we can make that easily excellent well i want to wish you all the best of luck and thanks for uh taking 20 minutes to come on the indie travel podcast today and uh and talk before you jump on that plane well thanks for having us thanks guys. so much for having us i've been such a big fan of you for so long this is <laughs> exciting <laughs> Oh, thanks heaps to Dave and Deb for coming on to the show. You can find them at theplanetd.com and the rest of the team at thesocialmediasyndicate.com. It's going to be one heck of an adventure, eh? Yeah, it is. It is. 
Well, community wisdom this week. We've got some good posts up on the site. Um, a photo from Copenhagen, a video from Adelaide, how to make your own passport photos, and a blast from the past as we shared seven links from the archives last week. We've got several new members, so make sure you say hello and um, send some friend requests to people who catch your eye. We're after some stories for Festival Week, which is coming up soon. So uh, let us know if you've got a festival you'd like to tell us about. And people just keep talking about Europe. Uh, if you've got some advice to add or questions about anywhere in the world, including Europe, we're not going to cut it off. Just uh, <laughs> make sure you add it in the forums. And uh, you can join the community for free and say g'day to lots of other Indie Travel Podcast people by visiting IndieTravelPodcast.com slash community. So come and say hi. Don't forget that you can help the Indie Travel Podcast stay travelling by booking through us. So visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash flights, slash hostels, slash tours, and slash insurance when you're booking your travel online. And there's travel deals updating every day at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash deals. We're also updating IndieTravelPodcast.com slash books. We've got books for solo travellers, uh, for couples, and we're just proofing right now the Art of Couples Travel PDF. So yeah. it's available in Kindle for just a couple of bucks, and in the coming weeks it'll be available uh, as a PDF with videos and uh, as a Mobi and EPUB file, so you can read it however you want. But the price will be going up, so if you are if you want to cheap out, then make sure you uh, jump into IndieTravelPodcast.com slash books now and click the link through to the Kindle store. Definitely a good idea. Of course, there are some non-monetary ways of helping us out, so tell your friends about Indie Travel Podcast. Invite them to our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash IndieTravel or leave a five-star review for us on iTunes. Next week, we'll be talking about Valencia and the La Tomatina Festival, which is the world's biggest tomato fight. Lots of fun. It was awesome. It was awesome. But that's us for this week. Until next week, travel well.